just put my football analyst hat on. They don't have as much ability to switch things around like Arsenal do with Niedema, Blacksenius. They can try different formations. I don't think United might have that. They don't have the personnel to do that. Subscribe to the OTB Koyig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Let's turn our attention to uh, football in Galway. Alana Canan has been covering this story on the latest uh, episode of Koi Gig, um, and there's been developments in the last 24 hours or so where Galway United have issued a statement about the fact that um, there may or may not be a senior team playing in the Women's National League next year. Alana, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Hi, guys. How are you? A little bit confused, I have to say. I read the statement from Galway United saying, we are united, we'll continue to be united, and we're very interested in making sure that uh, we have women's football in the club. But they didn't commit to having a senior team playing in the Women's National League next year. What's your understanding of what we're supposed to read into Galway United's statement yesterday? Yeah, I think it is widely believed that Galway United will be the ones to hopefully take over Galway WFC. But as I say, there was kind of a bit of contradictory language in it in that they say they fully understand the significant challenges, both financial and operational, associated with fielding a senior and underage squads on a national level. So kind of letting it be known there that they do realise it's a lot of money, effort and um, personnel that will have to go into this if it does go ahead. So you'd wonder, is that kind of a cry to see, can they get some people involved? Um, Basically, from what it can be understood from the existing board, there's kind of five people there um, and they seem to kind of have said that while they've done all this great work and which they have, that they don't seem to be interested in kind of continuing on. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens there. Also interesting that they've mentioned that um, that they have to field the three teams. So that would be incorporating as well, I presume, the under-17 and the under-19 teams, which um, have a serious amount of young talent as well. Um, but you'd wonder there was no view there to kind of a longer term t- uh, thing as to academies or that kind of thing. And you'd also wonder if they were to take on the same people that have already been involved, would the kind of same lack of forward thinking maybe stick around with that? We saw what happened with Ruth Fahey, who everyone, including myself, thought it was a great appointment. But as we all know, that didn't last too long. So, yeah, kind of a contradictory statement in that you say they say their development are committed to the development of women's football in the area and that they'll now begin the process of dialogue. But you just kind of wonder why that dialogue hadn't maybe hadn't happened before the original statement from Galway WSE was released. Yeah. It, 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 from the outside, this appears like there's um, a bit of brinkmanship happening where uh, the, the club have decided that they can't continue and... I don't know, is it to, to maybe accelerate the process? Were they, were they button up against some kind of frustration that Galway United weren't automatically stepping in? Is, this, is it a way of making everybody in Galway aware of the fact that actually uh, an opportunity exists here or potentially a bit of a disaster exists here for women's football? And unless everybody gets their heads together really quickly and somebody comes in and shows some leadership that nothing's going to happen, were they, were they shaming Galway United a little bit into you know getting okay, this is actually real, this is happening, and unless you step yeah. in and fix this, nothing's going to happen. Is is there an element of that? I think there is a little bit, like you say, kind of a bit of a bargaining chip, but in, in that same realm, it is kind of a bit interesting because it's like when teams um, put in an interim manager until the end of the season because 
like nobody knows where their long term future lies. And then also in the short term, they've brought all this media attention upon themselves that could well have been avoided had that dialogue taken place behind the scenes. Uh, but in that, like in that, like we're saying, it looks like that may have come about as a result of maybe trying to jolt that into action from Galway United. Um, it would be an interesting one to see them take it over. Uh, you know, like there are 10 teams in the Women's National League right now and seven of them, seven of them are affiliated with um, men's sides. I suppose that kind of raised questions as to whether they should be mandated to be affiliated. But then you have the likes of P-Mount United who wouldn't have a, a male equivalent. DLR Waves would kind of play at the Belfield Bowl. So you'd think that the obvious option would be UCD. But then it's like, are the FAI uh, insistent that they persist this one club kind of model? Because there are other teams, and we talked about this on Koigig, trying to get into the Women's National League for a number of years now. Um, Shamrock Rovers and Cove Rambers, I think, just to name a few, but there's lots more too. And all of those uh, have to be, have proper academy structures to enter, you know, the right coaching systems. And even then they might not get the opportunity because I know they're not keen to, let a load enter in one season and see a few of them collapse, like let's say like happened to Kenny just a few years ago. So yeah, obviously that mindset can't be enacted retrospectively uh, with the likes of other teams already in the league. But it is interesting that if they were to form as like a completely new entity, and I'm not saying that applies to Galway in this case, that they would have to have all these kind of uh, structures in place. It's funny, like Alana, when the statement came in yesterday to the office, I think, three or four of us all read the statement and saw it in maybe three or four different ways in terms of what it meant like obviously we don't really know at this stage but like would you take from the fact that the statement has been released that it is more likely than not that a team will be put in next season or would you say that Galway United are releasing this statement maybe because of local pressures being linked with them and, and taking over the, the women's team or is this is this a positive step? Yeah I, I, I'd say it is quite it's quite likely let's say that uh, this will actually come off because um, even from what you're kind of hearing but there are, is a lot of local investment like you were mentioning there at the start I know I saw a lot of local Galway councillors and um, local people in general were very active on Twitter saying that um, you know this would be such a shame and it would be a disaster if Galway WSC weren't to enter next year given all the talent that they have and like they've been in the league for I think it's 10 years since the inception of it now so Really, like, it would be a disaster to see them not come out for that. Just an interesting one as well, though. I saw there um, on their social media just yesterday that they are looking to do some fundraisers to fund the remaining, I think it's just five games, they're looking to do a golf classic fundraiser. So you'd wonder how bad the situation is there. I know there was quotes during the week from the chairperson that said that they won't get change out of 160000 this year. I'd just love to see how that compares to other... WNL teams. I know we probably wouldn't get that, but um, like there is a FAI uh, grant they get there of about fifty thousand, I believe. And then you know they have a lot of sponsors. You can even see on the original statement. So I just wonder how that will compare to other WNL teams. And I'm not saying that the investment shouldn't be there; it absolutely should. But just um, where are they making use of the money? And um, yeah, if Galway United are to take it on. Uh, will they kind of implement the same 
cost structure. I think the, the, the key line is Luke Comer and Comer Group have expressed their commitment to support the continuation of women's football at both senior and underage levels in Galway. Mm. Like, that's kind of the lead here mm. in a way because once you've <clears throat> once you said that it's very difficult to go back and say well we said that but like actually we didn't mean we didn't mean senior senior we meant oh we'll have a team yeah. it'll be like five aside or something it's like everybody takes that to read that there's going to be a women's national league team Galway United is an all-inclusive football club a club for all of us and we will be united it's hard to read that any other way than look okay mm. this is maybe not how we would have handled it yeah, and the fact that it's so close to the end of the season as well, you, you would suggest that there is a there is a time limit on this. That, that, that you know, releasing yeah. a statement means that something has to be done fairly sharpish, Alana. I guess as well, it was prefaced though by that financial statement that they do understand there's a lot of financial restraints and not restraints, but that it would take a lot of work and personnel and effort. But like, there are other things that I suppose could be looked at. But it is interesting that no one is kind of floating them about. I know Sligo Rovers. Uh, to facilitate more people coming to the area. The women's team linked up with, it's now known as ATU. So the local university, you know, maybe that would be an option for Galway. And then, you know, you could also question, you know, people were, it was kind of being floated that it would benefit Sligo for Galway not to have a team that maybe those players would enter that kind of um, team instead. But really the travel commitments would be far too fierce there because let's say the likes of Savannah McCarthy, who's injured at the minute, but one of their standout players um, is from Kerry. And there's an awful big difference from travelling to Kerry to Galway than Kerry to Sligo. So you'd look at, you'd, you'd imagine they would go elsewhere. So as we say, like for there not to be a team in Galway would be disastrous. But I think, yeah, you can read into that statement there and uh, you can imagine, I'd say, that there hopefully will be a statement in the coming weeks saying that uh, Galway United or some other entity, as they're saying, will take it over. That geographical point is an interesting one because like, even Shane Keegan was on Football Saturday with us recently and he was talking as the Cove Ramblers manager about how you know, he's almost hoping that Cork City get promoted from the first division because obviously then there's the pool of players that will need to join Cove geographically speaking. Um, maybe it's not quite the same from, for, from Sligo Rovers and Galway's perspective but regardless of what way you look at the geography, Alana, it would be a disaster for women's football in the West if Galway were to not have a team. It would be, and I think uh, women's football, kind of women's national league in Ireland wide, really shame because it would be such a step back, uh, given all the progress that has been made in recent years and all the media attention that's now coming upon it as well. I think it's interesting because you know we're seeing so many players go overseas, and obviously there is um, quite a lot of let's say pressure on the um, most talented WNL players to do so, you know, if they want to have hopes of getting into the Irish team or anything in that kind of regard, they'd ha- kind of have to do that. But there are other options as well. Like we have so much homegrown talent and while they are well capable of going overseas, you know, there's this likes of um, the Sky Bursary Programme now. I'm pretty sure they announced that Ella Malloy, uh, who's actually one of the under-19s, and you'd see her listed, listed in the senior team. She plays for Wexford. But um, I think the Sky Bursary Programme, that will keep the likes of Ella Malloy in the Women's National League for longer, which many people kind of wouldn't agree with because she'd get her expenses paid and her degree, I think she's going to UCD, but she'll still be able to play football in Wexford. Mm. And then you add in on top of that the uh, uh, line during the week that the league might go semi-professional so, you know, it is kind of all going one way and in one way uh, incentivising people to stay in the Women's National League too. OK, that, that semi-pro uh, element, 
hasn't fully been teased out. The first we heard of it was mm. the um, Galway Women's uh, chairperson on Galway Bay FM saying, oh, that's happening next year and we won't be able to afford that. And that's kind of one of the things that's accelerating our decision. How, how semi-professionalism manifests itself with the Women's National League could be anything from we're hearing 50 quid a week for the players, like which, yeah. you know, is, is barely expenses, really isn't expenses for, for um, mm. um, training. So we'll see exactly what comes from that and, and where that goes. But uh, on balance, it sounds like Goey United are trying to rally support to have a women's team next year in the league. Is that your read of this? Yeah, definitely. I believe so, yeah. All right, Alana, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.